Welcome to Destined to Be with Bishop Roberto Jamat. Bishop Jamat is an international motivational speaker and author whose mission is to empower, stimulate, educate, and bring spiritual enlightenment, guidance, and healing to all people. As senior pastor of Nazareth Christian Fellowship, located in Brooklyn, New York, he has a passion for restoring lives and motivating people to reach their full potential in God. Listen as Bishop Jamat teaches a life-changing lesson today. Stay tuned after the sermon for more information. Join us for today's message, Biblical Success, Memory and Passion, taken from the book of Hebrews, chapter 12, verses 2 and 3. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Hebrews, chapter 12. The book of Hebrews, chapter 12. My text is verse, verse 2 and verse 3, but I'd like to begin by reading verse 1. I'd like to begin by reading verse 1. Here begins the reading of God's holy word. I hope you have your Bibles with you. It's good to have a Bible, a physical Bible. I think we have walking away from carrying physical Bibles, but it's good to have one, amen? Because sometimes we don't know what people are really looking at on their devices. Amen? Therefore, therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witness surrounding us, let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangle us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of fate, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. So far, the scripture. You may be seated. My topic this morning is biblical success, memory, and passion. Memory and passion. We have already established that God wants us to be successful. If you were here last week, you know that we preach biblical success. Goals, understanding the difference between goals and desire. Today I want to preach about memory and passion, which is required for success. And I'm going to link this sermon to Overseer's, Overseer's Jamaat powerful sermon from last Sunday 
reboot, and recover. For the purpose of this sermon, I will define memory as the ability to retain knowledge and passion as the strong feeling of enthusiasm or excitement for something or about something. In the world of soccer, uh, uh, in, in, in other countries they call it football, but here in America we call it soccer because our football is different than soccer. The name Pelé is recognized by most soccer fans as the greatest player who ever played the sport. This is what he said about success. He says, success is no accident. It's hard work, perseverance, learning, studying, sacrificing, and most uh, sacrificing, and most of all, love. I gave Diga Matthew a quote, and in my quote next to love, I put passion of what you are doing. And learning, and in my quote, I put next to learning, memory. So in order for you to be successful, you need to have passion and memory. Someone say passion and memory. Theologian and author and preacher, Jonathan Edwards, wrote the following in the form of a question and answer to the believer. He said, where do we go from here? Where do we go from here? Life, this life ought to, ought to be spent by us only as a journey towards heaven. Journey towards heaven. As Overseer Jamaat preached last Sunday, you cannot reboot and recover and then go back to the practices that made it necessary for you to need a reboot and a recover. According to our text, uh, we are in a race. According to our text, we are in a race that is being observed by those who have completed their course. Successfully, they have successfully completed their course, which tells me that we can run our course successfully. Well, that's a praise moment for somebody. That's a praise moment for somebody. The word of God says in, in, in verse one of our text, it says, therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witness surrounding us, let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which does so easily entangle us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. According to the text, each of us have a road to run or a destiny to pursue. That is uh, set before us and we are to pursue 
that destiny. Each of us have our own race to run. Each of us have our own destiny to pursue. You must run that race or pursue that destiny successfully. So if you have rebooted, it's time to run. I got a few claps. I thank God for you. But let me say it one more time. If you have rebooted, it's time to run. And you will only begin to recover when you begin to run. Touch your neighbor as a neighbor. Run, run. You got to run. You, you, you got to run. Tell somebody else, you have got to run. But we don't run this race anyhow. We don't pursue our destiny anyhow. The Word of God says we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfect our faith. That's in the New Living Translation. Because of a joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding the shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. We are not just to run the race anyhow, but we are to fix our eyes on our champion. We have a champion. We have a champion who ran successfully and completed his course. We have a champion. Oh, Y'all hear me this morning. We have a champion, and his name is Jesus. Oh, you ought to pray. Somebody, somebody, somebody ought to just praise God. His name is Jesus. And he is, the word of God says that he is the author and the perfecter. The Greek word for author, it's a compound word, is archaeogos. Archaeogos, meaning founder or leader. The word is also similar to our English word architect. And if you know what an architect does, an architect draws out the plan. Jesus drew out the plan for your life. You ought to give God some praise. Somebody ought to high five somebody and said, I thank God he is the architect of my life. The other word is perfecter. And it comes from the Greek word tele, tele, teleotes. And it means a completer, someone who finishes it, someone who completes it, someone who sees it till the end. So Jesus is not only our architect, but he's also the finisher of what he starts in our life. Oh, y'all not hearing me this morning. Y'all not hearing me this morning. So if I put these things together, I understand that if I fix my eyes on the architect, on the designer, 
I'm the one who created the road that I have to run if I keep my eyes set on him. Not only did he design my course, not only did he, did he arrange my purpose, but he himself ran my purpose. He himself ran my purpose and he completed my purpose. In order for me to be successful, all I need to do is keep my eyes focused on him. Oh, somebody ought to praise God. Somebody need to praise God in here. He's the author and the finisher. Of my purpose. And because he's the author. And the finisher. Of my purpose. I can experience. Success. Now, now memory. And passion. Memory. And passion. You will never succeed. Or finish. Your course. Or anything in life. Without memory. And passion. And I gave you, I said earlier that memory is the ability to retain knowledge. And passion is the strong feeling of enthusiasm or excitement for something or about something. Without memory and passion, you will never be as successful at whatever thing, whatever you do. To be successful, you need memory. And passion. Memory keeps me moving in the right direction. Memory keeps me moving in the right direction. Your mind is amazing. Your mind is an amazing computer. As a matter of fact, the computer is based on your mind. Uh, your mind is so amazing that it has the ability to record every event that ever happened in your life. From the moment that you were born, your mind, your memory has recorded everything that you have experienced, that you have seen, that you have, that you have acted upon. It has recorded all of that. The problem with some of us is that our, we don't remember some things because we choose to forget. That's how good our memory is. But your memory can remember the good things. Your memory can remember the bad things. And it can also remember the good things. It can focus on the bad things and not focus on the good things. But your memory can also focus on the good things and forget about the bad things. It's your choice. Whatever it is you choose to focus on, it's your choice. It's your choice whether to remember the bad things or to remember the good things. I choose to remember the good things. Are you with me so far? You see, you have to make up your mind. You have to make up your mind that you're not going to allow the bad things in your life to constantly be there, but you're going to remember what God has done for you. Touch your neighbor and say, neighbor, memory is important because memory is your choice. I, I, I don't know about you, but my choice is to remember the good that God has done in my life. I don't know about you. But my choice is to remember how God brought me out. I don't know about you, but my choice is to remember how God 
heal my body. I don't know about you, but my choice is to remember the good things that God has done for me. I don't know about you, but my choice is to remember how God provided for me. I don't know about you, but my choice is to remember the good things God has done for me. Not only do I remember the good things God has done to me, I choose to believe his word. So therefore, the bad things that happen, I don't worry about the bad things because I know that all things work together. Oh, y'all not hearing me today. Y'all not hearing me today. I know that all things work together for good to those who are called according to his purpose. So, 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 so my mind, in my mind, I just remember the good things. I choose to remember the good things. The children of Israel came out of bondage and, and, and God reminded God, said to them, listen to me, let me tell you all something. Let me tell you this. The, God, the word of God said in Deuteronomy 4 and 9 in New Living Translation, God said, let me tell you all something, but watch out. It's the word of God that says, watch out. Be careful never to forget what you yourself have seen. Never forget what you've seen. You saw how I parted the Red Sea. You saw how I afflicted Egypt with all the plagues. You saw how I provided for you in the wilderness. Never forget how I delivered you. Never forget what I did for you. And it goes on and said, do not let these memories, do not let these memories, do not let these. I don't know what's going on in church today, but I, I wish I had just a few saints, just, just four or five saints who are here with me. Do not let these memories escape. From your mind as long as you live. You see that? You can't. Oh, do I have a church this morning? Come on, if, if you wouldn't just stand. If, if, you, if, if you get this word and this word is blessing you, stand up so I can see you. Because some of you seem to be far away from me. But that's okay. Listen, you got to hold on to the good things God has done. You got to hold on to what God has done. When you're going through some stuff. You got to hold on. You got to remember that it was God who delivered you, that it was God who set you free, that it was God who provided for you, that it was God who came and healed your body. If, 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 if that's you, if you remember, come on and give God a praise. Somebody. When I think of the goodness of Jesus and what he's done for me, my soul cries out. Oh, somebody cry out hallelujah. You need to cry out hallelujah. You need to cry out, cry out. Cry out, cry out. Cry out, cry out. Watch this, watch. Uh, this verse, this verse, it just fascinates me. It just, it just fascinates me because it also says, watch this. It also says that, and be sure to pass them on to your children and grandchildren. You know why the Jews never forget the Passover? You know why they never forget how God delivered them? Because they pass it on. They tell the story. They, they, they rehearse. Rehearse, to rehearse something means to practice. The more you rehearse, the better you become. 
The problem with us believers, the problem with the, the body of Christ is that we don't rehearse the good things God has done for us, and we never pass it on to our grandchildren. We never tell our children, you know, God really blessed me. You know, we, we never tell our children, the reason I have what I have is because God has blessed me. We will quicker tell them the job that I have is provided for me. Rather than telling them God gave me the ability to receive this job. And if you serve God, he will also give you a good job like this. But see, we don't tell this to our children or we don't tell it to our grandchildren. We don't rehearse what God has done for us. We don't rehearse how God has healed our body. And we don't tell our children and our grandchildren that it is God. Who provide for us. It's God who did it for us. So you need to start rehearsing to your children how God has blessed you. You need to start rehearsing to those people who are coming up behind you how God has delivered you, how God has set you free. We have children, we have children, we never tell them. We never whisper in their ears, you know. It's because of God that you are here. It's because of God that you have milk. It's because of God that I can feed you. It's because of God that I have a roof over your head. It's because of God that you have a place for to live. It's because of God that you have clothes on your back. It's because of God that you're still standing today. It's because of God that you're still healed. It's because of God. Oh, come on, somebody give God some praise. Oh, come on and bless his name. If you know what I'm talking about, if you identify what I'm talking about, why don't you give God a praise? Why don't you open up your mouth and give God a praise? So, so, Bishop, what events do I rehearse? What things do I say? Let me give you three things. Number one, rehearse that God, that Jesus Christ, died for you. That's one good rehearsal right there. If you rehearse that Jesus died for you, well, everybody's going to understand who, who died for you. The Word of God says, the Word of God said in, in 1 Corinthians 15, 3 to 5 says, I pass on to you what was most important and what had also been passed on to me. Clearly something is being passed on. Paul is saying something has been passed on. Are you all with me so far? something has been passed on. So then he goes and tell you what the something is. Christ died. Christ died for our sins. Just as the scripture said, he was buried, he was raised from the dead on the third day, just as the scripture said, he has been, he has been seen by Peter and by the twelve. So, 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 so what Paul is saying is, Paul is saying, hey, 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 you've got to rehearse and you've got to pass this on. You got to tell somebody. You got to tell those coming up behind you. Christ died just for you. High five, listen, neighbor. Let me start with you. Let me rehearse something with you. Jesus Christ died just for you. Pass it on to somebody. Find another neighbor. Tell somebody. Jesus died just for you. Tell your son. Tell your daughter. Tell your grandchild. Jesus died just for you. So one more thing I can rehearse is where I come from, where I come from, where I come from. Y'all are too quiet. Y'all are too quiet. Y'all are too quiet. Y'all are too quiet. Because where you come from, where you come from, where you come from. You know where you come from. You know where you... Oh, God, y'all know where God has brought you from. 
Oh, do I have a witness in here or somebody? Do you understand? Who am, I, who am I talking to? You know where God has brought you from. You know what you used to be. Oh, y'all not listening, y'all. Oh, you know what you used to be. Uh, maybe, I'm, maybe I'm preaching to the guys who are watching the stream. You know what you used to be. You know where God has brought you from. You remember when you didn't have nothing. You remember when you didn't have nothing. You remember when you couldn't stand up. You remember when your shoes had holes in them. You remember when you had that one suit. You remember when you couldn't do your hair. You remember when you didn't have enough wigs. You didn't have five and six and seven wigs. You only had one. You remember when you couldn't get a weed. Oh, are you hearing me? Are you with me this morning? You remember when you had one patch and you had to iron it. And every time you kept ironing, it got shinier and shinier. Oh, do I have anybody? Do I have anybody? You had one dress. You had one dress. One shoe. So now you have so much that you forget where you come from. But if you remember where you come from, you will stand to your feet and praise God like you're crazy. Oh, come on and bless him. Come on and praise him. Lord, I thank you where you brought me from. Lord, I thank you how you delivered me. I thank you how you set me free. Oh, come on, somebody give God some praise. Come on, if you remember. Tell somebody remember. So here's the third thing. Here's the third thing. Here's the third thing. Here's the third thing. The first thing was Jesus died. Remember that. Jesus died for you. The second thing, where you come from. The third thing, praise him for where you're going. I don't know about you, but I know where I'm going. I don't know about you, but I know that greater, greater things is ahead of me. Oh, I know that greater is ahead of me. I know that greater is ahead of me. If you know greater is ahead of you, you ought to remember that. That greater is ahead of you. What you see right now is not where I'm going to end up. What you're looking at right now is not the final solution. There is great. Oh, you are. Come on, if you know that there's greater, give God a praise. Say, Lord, I thank you for the greater. I thank you for the greater. Greater is coming. Tell your neighbor, greater. 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 Greater is coming. Hallelujah. Thank you for greater. Thank you. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. Glory, hallelujah. Thank you. Oh, come on, thank you. Come on. You need memory, you need memory. You need memory, you need memory to succeed. Not only do you need memory, but you need passion. Oh, hallelujah. I forgot something about memory. 
I need to touch it before I move away. I have my individual, my individual place where I'm going, but also as a corporate body, we're going someplace. Come on. I need my Nazarites who know where we're going, who has an expectation of where we're going, who are looking forward to it. It's okay if you're not looking forward to it, but this is just for the ones who are looking forward to it with expectation and say, yeah, we know it's going to happen. We know that the vision will come to pass. I need you to stand to your feet with me because I need, I need some reassurance from you that you know where we're going and that this thing, this thing, this thing, look around you and say, this is not the end. This is why I rebooted because I rebooted. I rebooted because I'm expecting great things. So I hit my reboot button and I'm coming back. I'm bringing stuff back to memory of what God has proposed. Oh, come on, somebody give God some praise. Somebody bless his name, bless his name. See, see the thing about, the same thing about reboot is what when you reboot, you want to bring back something you lost. And the reason why you want to bring it back, because it's in the memory. 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 Oh, God. It's in the memory. You haven't lost it. It's in the cloud. And when you reboot, it comes back. High five your neighbors and neighbor. Memory is coming back. Come on, praise God with me. Hallelujah. 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 Sit down, sit down. Sit down, sit down. Memory, memory. Memory. Let me talk about passion. Passion, passion, passion. Passion. If memory keeps you moving in the right direction, then passion keeps you moving forward. Living with passion, there is nothing worse than someone who lacks passion. Let me say it again. There is nothing worse than someone who lacks passion. If you hang out with people who lack passion in their lives, they will eventually drain you of your passion. Let me say that again. If you got some passion over something and you hang out with people who have no passion, they're going to drain whatever little passion you have. Anything you do in life requires passion. Anything you do for the Lord requires passion. Nothing can be done for the Lord without passion. You should come to church with passion. 
You should come to church with passion. The Bible says enter into his gate with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise, with passion. With pa- that, that's, that's what you call passion. Oh, let me tell you about passion. Let me tell you what passion means. Passion means when you walk through the door, you're ready for a praise. You're ready to give God a praise. And nothing anybody says to you going to hinder or make a difference as to how you react because you are in the house of the Lord. So it doesn't matter what anybody says to you. If you have passion, it don't matter what they say to you. You walk into this door and you say, I don't care what you say. I don't care what you do. My passion is going to overshadow all that you have to say because I have passion. And when I come to church, I come to church to serve God. And I serve God with passion. If you sing in the choir, you ought to do it with passion. If you're praising God, you ought to do it with passion. If you're talking to a believer, you ought to do it with passion. If you love, you ought to love with passion. If you fellowship, you ought to fellowship with passion. Without passion, we are nothing. I fight as a neighbor. We need passion. We need passion. How come? How come? How come we are more passionate about certain things that are not of God? Or we show more passion for some things other than God? Hello, somebody. Hello, somebody. I I love sports. Hello? Hello, football? I'm a a giant fan. I'm Dallas. Oh, God. Devil. Devil is a liar. Devil is a liar. Devil, devil is a liar. Yeah. I love the Dallas Cowboys. Let's not get that wrong. Let's not get that twisted. And Dallas is going to beat the Giants today. They play tonight. I'll be home in front of my TV watching that game with some passion. Especially if Dallas is winning. If they're losing, I ain't watching it with no passion. We'll find a baseball game or something to watch. But if they're winning, I'm going to be there with passion saying, go Dallas, go. Because that's my team. But I will never allow that passion to exceed the passion that I have for the things of God. It's okay to have passion for other things. But the other things should not supersede the passion that you have for Jesus. Your job should not supersede the passion that you have for Jesus. Because God is the one who provided you the job in the first place. And if they get rid of you and push you out of that job, God has something better for you. Because all things work together for good for them who love the God. God will take it and turn it around in your favor. We sing this song, turn it around. You better start believing that God will turn it around for you when you have passion. High five someone and say, you need some passion. You need some passion. I look at believers. I look at believers. Believers have no passion for their church. They have no passion for their religion. They have no passion for God. 
but they have greater passion for other things. It's time to change. That's the reason why you rebooted them. Because you rebooted, your passion has to be rekindled. You have to throw some wood on the fire of your passion. And that wood is called the Word of God. That wood is called the Holy Spirit. You need to get your passion for flame. You need to get on fire for Jesus. Let your neighbors and neighbor get on fire. Get on fire. Get on fire. You need passion. You need passion. You need passion. Jesus had passion. The text told us, looking unto Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. He had passion for what he was doing. So we need to look to him and see what he did so that we can imitate or emulate what he did. Watch this, the text says. The text says, for the joy, for the joy, for the joy, for the joy that was set before him, which means that he had raw passion for what he had to do. His heart was fully committed to what he had to do. His heart was fully in it for what he had to do. The week before he dies on the cross is called Passion Week. His passion was demonstrated, was fully demonstrated that week prior to crucifixion, which we call Passion Week. During that time, we see Jesus's passion. He was passionate about the people in the temple when he kicked them out. He was passionate about praying in the garden of Gethsemane when he did not want to take drink from the cup, but he said, Father, nevertheless, not my will, but your will. He had passion. He had passion for what he was doing. You need to develop passion for what you're doing. Oh, you have to understand that when you do things with passion, touch it as a neighbor, Passion. When you move in passion, no one can quench your passion. No one should be able to quench your passion. When you move in passion, you're going to develop some enemies. When you have passion about what you're pursuing, about the things of God you're pursuing, there's some people who will come against you. But that's okay. That's all right. It means you're on the right track. See, the devil don't mess with people who are not messing with him. He don't mess with people who don't mess with him. He messes with you when you begin to have a passion for what God has called you to do. And what God has called you to do is basically to snatch people out of his kingdom. So when you begin to snatch people because of your passion out of his kingdom, he comes at you. Because he wants you to stop snatching people out of his kingdom. So now he's going to come against you. But see, if you're not doing that, you're not threatening him, he's not coming at you. But to all the believers, if you have passion for your purpose and your call, I came to tell you this morning that even if they come against you, it ain't going to work. 
It ain't because it has no weapon. Uh, no weapon, no weapon. Tell somebody no weapon formed against me. Watch this, watch. I like the way, I like the way, uh, no weapon that is formed against me, uh, uh, no weapon that is formed against you will prosper. And every tongue that accuses you in judgment, you, 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 oh, you're not getting this, you're not getting this, you're not getting it. Watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. Let me read this again. No weapon that's formed. That means weapons will form. It didn't say the weapons are not going to form. It says no weapon that's formed. That means weapons are going to form against you will prosper. Okay? In other words, it's not going to do its intended course. What it was meant for you. For you. Whatever was meant to come against you, not going to prosper. It may prosper against somebody else, but not against you. All right? And then it says, and every tongue. Okay? The, the Bible says the tongue, who can tame it? The tongue is desperately wicked. This is what we use to kill people. Tongue kills people. It destroys people's life. So, so the Bible says every tongue that accuses you in judgment. In other words, they're judging you. They're judging you. They're saying things about you because of your passion. I got news for you. You can condemn that. So when somebody looks at you and say, you ain't no good. You ain't never going to accomplish something. That's condemnation. You have the authority and the ability to condemn that. Watch it. Watch this. Watch this. Okay. So someone comes to you and say, Tony, you are good for nothing so-and-so. Okay? Your first reaction is blinkety-blink, blankety-blank. Am I saying something? Let, let, let somebody attack your character and mess with you. The first thing out of your mouth is blank, blink, blink, bloom. Hello? But, but change your strategy. Change your strategy. Believe the word of God. The word of God says, you have the power to say, I condemn you in Jesus' name. Because you're speaking the word. He said, those words coming out of your lips going to fall on you. Not on me. They're going to fall on you and your family. Why? Because I have authority in Jesus' name. See, who's, what we see? You have to believe truth. You know what truth is? Truth, see, see, your mind can cause you to miss truth. Hello? So, so let me give you an example. Suppose you're trying to buy a house. And you went through the whole process. You know? And, and you're waiting for the approval. And you get a, call, a phone call. You get a first phone call. And the first phone call said, you were, you, you, were not, you were not approved for the house. Your natural reaction in your mind is, how come I didn't qualify? You begin to doubt yourself. But unbeknownst to you, it was a mistake. All right? They should have called you and said, you were approved. But when you got the first message, which was a lie, 
or not a full truth. You believe the lie. Now, the realtor come to your door and knock your door. You get him ready to cuss him off because you want to know why he's here for. If he disapproved my loan, why he's here, but he's here to congratulate you. So, you see, what you believe, either you can believe the lie or believe the truth. If you believe the lie, you walk away bitter because you say, I didn't get the house. But if you wait and you believe the truth, then you can give God some glory. See, we see our minds sometimes grab onto the lie and not the truth. That's what we do, the word of God. The Bible says you were the head and not the tail. That's the truth. But you believe the lie in what you see. That's happening in your life because you don't believe the truth of what God's word says about you. Because you look at your condition and you believe your condition before you believe the word of God. You have to start believing the word of God. And the word of God says that you have the authority to condemn every tongue that curses you. Hello, somebody. Touch the neighbor. Neighbor, you got some power. So control those who curse you. I don't accept anybody to curse me. Hello? Devil is a liar. How far is the neighbor? Don't let them curse you. Don't let them put things on you that God didn't say about you. Uh, listen, listen. Let, 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 me, let, me, let, me close. let me close with this. Let me close with this. Let me close with this. Uh, uh, memory and passion. Let me close with this. It's hard sometimes to always have passion. Truth be told. Do I have any witnesses? Oh, God, help me here. Y'all making me feel like I'm the only one who sometimes passion wanes. There was a prophet in the Bible. Every time he prophesied, there was opposition. It's hard to maintain your passion when every time you do the thing God tells you to do, people opposes you. He was tossed naked into a muddy well. And he almost died. They plotted to kill him. They falsely accused him. He lived a lonely an isolated life. He felt, at one point in his life, he felt betrayed by God. He even said that God had deceived him. Bring up Jeremiah chapter 20, verse 7. Jeremiah chapter 20 and verse 7. O oh Lord, you have deceived me. And I was deceived. You have overcome me and prevailed. He's talking to God now, the prophet. I have become a laughingstock all day long. Everyone. Mocks me. Next verse. For each time I speak, 
I cry aloud, I proclaim violence and destruction. Because for me, the word of the Lord has resulted in reproach and derision all day long. I preach, and all they do is mock me. I prophesy, and all they do, they say, all you're doing is prophesy doom and gloom. Nothing good ever comes out of your mouth, Jeremiah. You never prophesy good things to us. You never preach that I'm going to get a house, that I'm going to be blessed, that I'm going to be, that, 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 that things are going to get better. You never preach that to me, Jeremiah. All you do is preach doom and gloom. Next verse. But if I say I will not remember him or speak anymore in the name, in his name, then in my heart it becomes like a burning fire. Shut up in my bones, and I'm weary of holding it in, and I cannot endure. So here it is, Jeremiah. Here's a prophet. The prophet said, God, you know, I'm not not going to speak about you anymore. And some of you have been to that point in your life where you said, you know what, God, I I just can't do this anymore. My passion has begun to wane, and, and I can't take this anymore, God. I'm not going to preach in your name. There are some times when I get up in the morning and say, Lord, I don't want to go preach. I don't want to go do this. But it's because of who I am and what I am destined to do. I cannot yield to that kind of feeling because like Jeremiah, the passion that's inside of you bubbles up. Oh, y'all not hearing me. The passion that's inside of you, the passion that should be inside of you should call you to rise up and do what God has called you to do. Jeremiah said it feels like fire. I see your passion is your fire. Your passion is a fire. Your passion is what drives you. The passion is what keeps you moving forward. Your passion is what makes you go when, when you don't feel like God not hearing me this morning. Your passion is what makes you feel like what makes you go when you don't feel like going. Your passion is what makes you keep doing it when it seems like nobody is following what you're doing. Your passion is what keeps you going. Your passion is what keeps you giving when you're broke. Oh, y'all not hearing me this morning. Your Your passion is what makes you keep going when nobody listens to you. Your passion is what keeps you going when the church is empty. Your passion is what keeps you going when you don't succeed. Your passion is what keeps you going when things don't work out right. Your passion keeps you going when you can't see the end from the beginning. Your passion is what keeps you going. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus, is your passion, is your passion. Do I have any passionate people out here? I don't seem to have any passionate people out here. But if you got some passion inside of you and you were ready to quit, I need you to stand to your feet because I'm done. I'm looking for some passionate people. I'm looking for people who remember and people who have some passion because the things that we have to do, the places that we have to go, we need to have some passion. Touch it as a neighbor. We need passion. We need passion. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Pastor Jamaat preach. I want you to preach. Reboot and recover. And I said to you that when you reboot, the memory comes back. What you lost comes back. So let me just add to 
when you reboot and you begin to run the race, you will recover. But you need to run this time with memory and passion. Because if you don't run with memory and passion, you're back to the place where you need to be rebooted again. And you don't want to get back to that place. So you need to run with passion and memory. I challenge you this morning. And I ask the question, where's your memory? What are you thanking God for? And then my other question to you is, where is your passion? Where is your passion? Are you doing what you're doing with passion? Or has your passion waned and you, you're ready to quit? Whereas if you have passion inside of you, you never quit. You keep fighting and you keep doing. If nobody is listening or nobody is following you, your passion will still be there. Because it's the thing that keeps you going forward. Your passion pushes you forward. Even if you got to walk by yourself, your passion pushes you forward. Hello? I heard someone says, this week over the week, he said, he loves what he's doing. He loves to preach. Richard Hudson said, I love to preach because it's what I was called to do. That's passion. That's passion. If you're called to sing, sing with passion. Hello? If we would just get some passion. Some of you don't worship with passion. You don't praise God with passion. It's time to let the passion in you come to the top. So come on, raise your hands. I'm done. Raise your hands. Think about what I just said. And begin to praise God. Right now, whatever it is that you're doing, is it with passion? Oh, my God. Hey, God, let it Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. If sometimes. Nah. 
If you show me your passion, I'll show you your destiny. Hallelujah. If you become passionate about your call, then your focus will always be on Jesus. And he will see you through to the end. I'm going to say it one more time. Praise God with some passion. We pray that you were blessed by today's word. To receive this sermon, please visit brjministries.org. While there, you may also sign up for Bishop Jamat's free publications or purchase one of his many books, including his bestseller, The Spiritual Iron Man 40-Day Training Manual. Follow Bishop Jamat on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at BRJ Ministries. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, please write us at BRJ Ministries, 576 Ralph Avenue, Suite 2, Brooklyn, New York, 11233. Or email us at radio at brjministries.org. You may also call us at 855-JAMAT. That's 855-536-6688. If you are in the New York City area, you may visit Bishop Jamat Sundays at 11 a.m. We are located at 576 Ralph Avenue in Brooklyn, New York. This broadcast is made possible by your prayers and the generous financial contribution of our friends and supporters. To become a friend or supporter of this ministry, please visit brjministries.org and click on the donate icon. Every financial gift you give to this ministry helps us continue this broadcast. Here again is Bishop Roberto Jamat. Hello, my friend. This is Bishop Roberto Jamat. I just want to say thank you for listening to the podcast. I hope that the sermon has blessed your heart and challenged you to become all that God has destined you to be. If this broadcast has blessed your heart, remember to share it with a friend. Remember, these podcasts are made possible because of your prayer and your generous donation. Any donation to this ministry helps us continue to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you want to donate to this ministry, you can visit the website brjministries.org and click on the donate button. Until I hear from you, be blessed and remember, be all that God has destined you to be.